I'm working on an anti-fascist science fiction epic starring a bunch of animal puppets. (laughs) (laughs) Off the (laughs) green Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us.com. So joining me today are Chris, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, TJ, That's joined by me. TJ as well, yep. joined by Brent. I as well. TJ back from assignment. Uh, yeah. TJ is back from the front lines. <laughs> I went big fish. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like such a non sequitur. Did you we put... set it up that you were Doughboy in WW1 <laughs> fighting the krauts. But instead he put an old man in the river and he turned <laughs> into a catfish. Big fish. Yep. And my name is David, and uh, we're going to talk about stuff. Uh, first up, like we do every week, we're going to follow up with our homework assignment. Yeah. It was Kung Fu Panda, and it was assigned by Chris. Yeah, I really like Kung Fu Panda. Thank you for assigning that, because it had been like eight years since I watched it, and I really enjoyed rewatching it. It was a delight. Yeah, I think it's fun. I think it's one of those animated properties that, unlike the Shrek series, obviously like non-Pixar, non-Toy Story, but it's 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 got chops. Those that all three movies. I joked around about assigning all three, mm-hmm. but they're all three like really good. Not ten out of ten, or you guys are on a five-point scale. I wouldn't put them at a at a five out of five, but it's like a solid four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda's weird, because I don't know, aside from, I think, Jack Black being, like, the perfect vocal mm-hmm. talent for that role, it just, I don't know how, if he was cast and then recorded and they, they run around it, I mean, I don't know, that's how they normally do. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I don't know what makes the movie great, even though I think it is. It's just, like, a good story. Like, but there's nothing that jumps out of me that I love. Like, it's just really entertaining. In yeah. yeah. And the, the visuals, the visuals are really good, too. Like it's it looks like a it could be a new movie. Like yeah, I, I thought mm-hmm. the visuals were that. I thought the animation was that good. And like the jokes aren't even that. There's no like jokes I point to like that's hilarious. It's right. just I'm smiling for an hour and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, do yeah. I, I do like the Noodle House stuff. Maybe I'm a child, but his um, I forget the actor's name. But in most movies, like in the 80s and 90s, he played like stereotypical like Asian sensei type. Um, but he plays Poe's uh, adoptive Dad. father, <laughs> and and I just I don't know why, but some of those like terrible jokes about noodles just hit. Uh, you had. The noodle dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it just nails everything is that, you know, it could have been a parody of kung fu movies. But I think it it really does a good job of taking the action scenes seriously. I think they're legitimately thrilling. Like, the escape from the prison. It's really cool. The fight on the drawbridge is something I don't think I've seen before. Like, the using the, the torque and the torsion and the rope, mm-hmm. like, to the advantage of the fighters. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And the fight that rolls through the town at the end. Yeah. It's kind of... Yeah. Uh, I always forget how long that fight is, too. That's like the back, like, 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> it's like at least 25 different bongs. <laughs> yeah. Every time they hit his belly. I mean, it's kind of, I, I, I started making comparisons in my head when I was watching it to Rocky. Just because, like, that, that's his special talent. Is that takes he just punches. takes punches forever. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there, there, I did laugh out loud one when he's walking out after he's defeated Tai Lung. And he's walking out of the uh, smoke and it looks like he's got, like, the cape and the Asian, the sun is my enemy hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, he comes out and he's just noodles. got a pot and noodles on yeah. <laughs> it's really funny it looks so cool in the museum he's wearing yeah it's not homework but I, I recommend if you haven't seen the third one I think the third one is somewhere available streaming for free it's on Netflix as well but yeah. two is not 
Yeah, so if you haven't seen the second one, see the second one. It's good. If you haven't seen the third one, it, it stays strong. Yeah. Who's the enemy in the second and the third it's one? It's the peacock in the, the peacock second in the one. second one. Where it's, uh, it's like the, played a lot of Dynasty Warriors, it's a mm-hmm. Musu game, and so I have very little knowledge of, like, actual Chinese history, but I just think mm-hmm. it's all Dynasty Warriors, which it's not. Like, everything is cow-cow. <laughs> right. And so it's, it's based off of the tactician of one of, like, the big warring clans, the uh, mm-hmm. Zhuge Liang, who fought with fans in that game, and so mm-hmm. the peacock. Was it a bull in three? I don't know. I was gonna say it was Idris Elba, but it's not. I forget who voices it, but I think it's yeah, it's a bull, and he's got the uh, like the right? swords. Yep, it is because yeah. he's got the swords on the chain. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, it's the like, sequels are good. That's yeah, fun. yeah. That's the thing. It's in the movie. It's pretty interesting that you know they got the the biggest voice talent aside from Jack Black is like the Furious Five. Yeah, Angelina Jolie, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, David Cross, Lucy Liu, David Cross. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting how the movie does it. Is they're kind of almost inconsequential. Like you meet them, they're impressive and training montage and then they go off and then that's kind of it and it's back to Poe yeah you know it's kind of interesting how the movie you have Angelina Jolie and she's probably gone for most of the movie yeah like the entire climax basically I also just really enjoy that each of the five fighters are like off parodied uh, kung fu styles Mm -hmm. Uh, tiger crane mantis monkey Snake and monkey Mm -hmm. probably cobra and monkey and they all fight in their styles because why wouldn't they Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's funny the, the, the some trivia that I never can get right is like who voiced who mm-hmm. whenever that comes up in conversation aside from like yeah the Tigers Angelina Jolie and then I kind of lose it after that I feel like I feel like Kung Fu Panda was released after the like there was a time when like Racing Stripes and Madagascar and not to you know throw shade at the first Madagascar because I think that's the, the good one yeah. But all these really awful animated movies that are just like was, trying to churn parents' money through a mill. There were a string of bad ones for a while there. And then, you know, you've got your 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 Pixar planet, which is good. Like, always solid. And then, you know, like DreamWorks and 20th Century Fox started to like pick up their, pick up the game mm-hmm. and start making good movies. And I, I don't know why, it probably doesn't fit the timeline, but I put Kung Fu Panda there as like, you know, the mark where... Like, lots of big studios stop just trying to make a quick dime off a kid's movie and make mm-hmm. a good movie for anyone to watch. I think the expectation is higher with, <clears throat> with Pixar. Is there something for the adults, something for the kids? Right. You know, the parents appreciate something that's funny, engaging, has some cool action in it. Mm-hmm. That's why people hate cars. Because it's not for adults. It's not for people who are articulating criticism. Mm-hmm. It's It's... Pixar movie that they took less seriously and made for kids. The Car series is suffers critically for that, but I don't really care. I thought the first Cars was fine. We already had a Doc Hollywood for the adults, so that's what Cars is based on. It is a straight ripoff of. I mean, not ripoff because it probably shots fired. But it's the same exact story. I mean, it's the exact same. Story. I wonder if there was ever any legal ramification to that. I don't know. I don't know. I love the beginning animation. It's like the actual anime hand-drawn, like, inspiration for oh, the yeah. kind of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like when they said, like, uh, people are going blind from exposure to pure awesomeness. <laughs> there is no charge for uh, attractiveness or awesomeness. <laughs> I like also the, uh, the the turtle's really good. I forget who the who voices the Uguay. turtle. Uguay. It's an oh, Asian actor. Yeah. I, didn't re- I didn't recognize the name. When I, I like when he goes like kung fu, don't kung fu, noodles, don't noodles. <laughs> <laughs> I thought David uh, David Cross mm. was really good in his role as Crane. Yeah, maybe? he's yeah. the one who probably has the most dialogue. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe yeah. besides Tigers, Seth Rogen has some like one liners here and there. Yeah, and Jesse has the uh, man like ten minutes. 
They yeah, probably Jackie did. Chan was... They probably just sent them a VHS of him doing it. And they're like, oh, they just, okay. like, they just pulled it from other movies. movies. <laughs> 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 just strung them together. Super cut. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I try to, like, when we're doing the homework and stuff, I try to think of overarching themes now. I try to dig a little deeper. But I think the theme could be differentness is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Poe is different, doesn't fit into a mold. Apparently, what he does at the very end, you know, when he's not just the bouncing off of his stomach, but when he's attacking with, like, the forearms and stuff. Bear style. That's bear style, and that's yeah. an actual kung fu style. Oh, nice. So, kind of discovered his own style. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I want to, at some point, I want to dump some homework on us to watch, like, a like a good classic kung fu movie. Because I don't know how everyone's resumes are here with kung fu, like 1970s, 1960s kung fu, but... My resume is exceedingly weak. In yeah, the I was going to say. I've seen a couple. Like, I've seen uh, Legend of Drunken Master, the yeah. Jackie Chan, that, and I've seen a couple old, old, old Jet Li kung fu movies. That's a genre that I want to know a little bit more about. I've seen Ip Man. Yeah. I like oh, that. yeah. People, every time I see that, internet protocol, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never seen that. Of the I don't know. People freak out about it. There's a, yeah. somebody on one of our Facebook on the movies thread is recommending that that we watch that. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen it. And I there was a there was a period where I watched a bunch of the Tony Jaa Ongbok. Yeah, Ongbok and the Protector. Protector, yeah. When you know Muay Thai and MMA were like coming up, and people were like, "Well, here's a movie where people do Muay Thai at people's mm-hmm. faces." Yeah. Other than that, anyway, that's a future thing that I might do. Yeah. There's I'll so much forget on there about too. it. I have an app that tracks like what comes into streaming per day, like all the things. There are like boatloads of titles coming onto Amazon Prime yeah. and Netflix for. Like Hong Kong, uh, 70s action movies. Yeah. So we could just pick one at random. Or maybe <laughs> maybe we don't pick one at random. random. <laughs> just throw a dart at my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, if everyone's fine with moving through homework, uh, we can talk about what we watched and I'll just keep going. Yeah. Is that fine? That's fine. Let's Kung do Fu it. Panda was fun. Yeah. Yes, it was, it was, it was fun. fun. Good pick. I'm excited about homework next week, and I'm sorry that I picked Kung Fu Panda like that. There was no rhyme or reason. I forgot it was my turn to assign homework and just picked it. Oh, nice. like, we've been riding a wave of like some feel-good kind of movies after I uh, depressed everybody with 99 Homes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been atoning for me for a solid two months now. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I didn't have an opportunity to watch a lot this week. I'm excited to hear what you guys have had to watch, seen, or anything that these are words. I started uh, Neighbors 2 um, and then fell asleep because the middle section of that movie is real boring. Um, there's no conflict in the middle or really the beginning yeah, at all. Yeah, that's weird. It gets that's nowhere that. fast. Yeah. Uh, I love Billy Eichner. Billy Have Eichner, yeah, Billy he, he plays he plays the real estate agent who's like trying to dump the old frat house mm-hmm. really fast. And he's like, he says, do you have... Like three hundred thousand dollars, and they're like, "No." He's like, "All right, what about ten thousand? <laughs> and then he does his Billy Eichner screaming mm-hmm. at people. Yeah, I just find him delightful. We watch Billy on the street. Yeah, he's awesome. There is one. So I watched. I've seen Neighbors two, and I. Uh, it's mostly just Neighbors one again, but mm-hmm. with girls this time. And uh, but there is one funny part near the end that made me just laughed out loud. It was a great just physical comedy moment. Yeah. That I loved. I don't know if you got that far. No. Yeah. So, I did. I mean, I did him I, as the clown is hilarious in parts of that. Where he's just like, ha ah, 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 stop fucking doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I do really, I did really like the uh, cult of sorority from the beginning. Uh, Elle Fanning sitting in the meeting and they're all like, instead of actually applauding things, they're just like two quick claps. Just like, 
Like, every time they say the sorority name, we're like, we're here for family. Clap, clap. Like, that's it. There's no applause. Is Elle Fanning the, the one who's running the sorority in the beginning? No, no. It's someone else. But Elle Fanning's sitting there on the floor, and she just, like, rolls her uh, joint. Not Elle Fanning. Uh, Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Chloe Grace Moretz. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah. I was like, that'd be a weird cameo for her. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz. But other than starting a movie, uh, <laughs> Are You the One Finished? Yes. And those idiots are confirmed real bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> you did it! They are the first cast to fail at the challenge of Are You the One? They had ten weeks to figure out a logic puzzle that I think most people would spend an hour and go, I think I've got it, but I'm not sure, and then move on with their lives. But add alcohol, boom boom room, birthday hand jobs. What's a boom boom room? It's the room that they go to when they want to have sex. It's they the only room boom boom. that doesn't have cameramen walking around in it. There's still a camera in it. There's still a camera in it. Which, like, we talked about uh, Catherine last week. Yeah. And how, like, what is she supposed to do, right? She's, her match is like, I'm not going to talk to other women. I like this other person. And they're not a true match. Yeah. So at the end, Catherine was just like, I like Ozzy a lot. We've got sexual tension. So we just had sex. And they just, like, went and just had sex and just, you know, whatever. We're going to be fun about this. And I appreciated <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, She's just getting after it. Yeah. I feel like that's a good move in any MTV show with a house. You just, like, walk up to a random person and say, we have sexual tension. <laughs> and the person's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm a guy who wants to have sex with women. Yeah, I have sexual <laughs> tension with everything. Thus the tension. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't believe. I think there's so many uh, chances they had to actually figure that thing out. Yeah. I think it came down to some random challenges at the end, which would have been the Hail Mary at the end, which they both fonked up horribly. Yeah. There. The challenges are also designed really poorly. Yeah. So, so there was the random one we talked about last week, which, yeah. you know, no harm, no foul. But this week... It was intentionally random. Yeah. It was from yeah. the person's initial interview, from the woman's initial interview. It was trivia style. Whoever, like, raised their hand first, or whoever raised their hand, it wasn't necessarily first. After they identified, or they, like, put themselves in, then they had 15 seconds, 60 seconds, whatever, to eat something disgusting. And yeah. then if they, whoever did it the fastest, won a date with the girl that was described. So it didn't even matter, like, what they wanted, because arguably the first two options available of like this random choice someone was going to put themselves in for just to go on like a bitchin' yacht which is like the reward like the date they'll be able to bitchin' yacht they're pretty pretty bitchin' yeah <laughs> that's the name that's the that's that's the main feature of a bitchin' yacht yeah but I figure if they were really uh, wanting to get that $800,000 it became $800,000 after yeah. they traded a truth booth in which they should yeah. have come on yeah they really should have, like, no one ring in, hear the question, someone says, like, I know who that is, Derek, ring in here, it's yeah. this person. No one rings in, and they can kind of game it out, so that's their last puzzle piece, mm -hmm. can fall into place, but yeah. then you got Joey, just wants to go on a date with Cass. Yeah. He's just, like, the I like her, we're going to match, we're going to have fun, I like boats. <laughs> I really like to go on a date, you know, I, just, I know I messed up Hannah, but, you know, I just want to go on a date with this girl, you know, and then, so I, I rung in. I hate fish, I hate fish guts, but I guess I'll drink a fish gut smoothie and lose $800,000. Because, you know, I really like going on dates. Smoothie sucks, <laughs> but, you know, go Bills. Yeah, go Bills, yeah. I love wings, I love beer, I love football. Go Bills. <laughs> it sounds just like that. I'd be so impressed if you guys watched that. Uh, yeah. Um, that was pretty good. But, yeah, that's what I watched. I watched the beginning of a movie and an episode of a television show. Television show. That segues into me. I started season two of Love. Love. The uh, Judd Apatow... 
produced Netflix original series. Paul Rust is also a producer, and well, I can't ever remember. Gillian her. Jacobs? I think never is she a Gillian or a Jillian? I can't. She's a Gillian. I was trying to figure it out. I think it's. I think, Gillian. I think she's a Gillian. Gillian. You think it's a Gillian? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that show's uh, real fun. I definitely recommend it. It has some really funny moments in season two, That uh, whereas season one was more of a romance drama with some comedy. It's oh, been really funny. Oh, so will they, won't they? Yeah. I think with I saw some only, Kyle Kinane sprinkled in. Yeah, I think I only saw the first couple episodes. I did like the thing where they were hanging out as a band and playing along to, like, were they making theme songs? They were writing for? theme songs for, for, for movies. Yeah. yeah. Writing, like, like, like purpose, Twister and stuff? Purposely shitty theme songs, yeah, for, for movies. I thought this, that looked pretty fun. <laughs> they wrote this one recently. It was on uh, While You Were Sleeping, and they wrote it, and there's this whole verse about how everybody's confused because Peter Gallagher plays a character whose name is also Peter Gallagher. <laughs> it's real confusing. <laughs> is that true? I heard uh, last time. Yeah, it's, it's for, the, for the purpose of the show is to, you know, 20-something hipsters in LA or in love one's like a nerdy guy and one's uh, super attractive obviously one's an actor one wants to bring Jack back sex and love addicts <laughs> yeah yeah it's La La Land I'm talking about La La Land you snuck it in yeah. <laughs> but enough about La La Land <laughs> uh, and other than that I haven't watched anything uh, Brent and I today saw Logan came straight here to record a podcast from the theater what'd you guys think it's, it's good whoa that is a loaded good I don't think it's like Magnificent. Has it been um, topped up too much? No, it's just it's just good. I mean, I would probably have it closely rated with the uh, two two McAvoy Fassbender X Men movies. It's definitely better than any of the old X Men movies. The first two, and better than the Wolverine movies. It's yeah. the best of that. I think it's the best X Men movie outside of Deadpool. Because uh, Deadpool, not would cool. not we we said yeah, Deadpool would be ahead of it too. If but. if I include this is just still a fairly knee jerk reaction for me, but if I included Deadpool, which I guess I should. First off, I haven't seen the other two Wolverine centric movies. One's not good, and one's okay. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So I don't feel like they would crack this top five for me necessarily no. uh but among x-men movies uh my top three would still be i think logan would be a solid fourth well ahead of everything else and behind deadpool days of future past and first class for me it could be there for me there it's gonna be they're all like four and a half four star movies for yeah. me the days of future past um first class and logan are all about the same deadpool's a five-star movie for what it did, in my opinion. Yeah. But, um... I mean, it definitely takes cues from Deadpool. Logan it's good. And me and Brent, Brent had a very short conversation. David lives about five minutes from the movie theater. We had a very short conversation. And now you know where David lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just dropping little hints every week. Yeah. Um, that store across the street. Yeah, next week you'll get the latitude. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Now we <laughs> talked about it, and it's not that... It's definitely a good Wolverine movie because of the R rating, because you can't make a... <laughs> You can't, you can't make a good uh, Wolverine movie without an R rating. I think that's true. You actually have the, the visceral impact of his claws. It's like, yeah, and like the language and the constant drinking. They, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't do that in any of the old X-Men movies. And that's, and that's, that's Wolverine. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the Wolverine comic book character. Cigar always hanging out of his mouth when he's not disemboweling folks. Right. Mm-hmm. I really liked it as a uh, the dynamic between uh, Logan and Charles Xavier mm-hmm. in the movie... Uh, just because it was it was about superheroes dealing with the one thing that they're not used to dealing with, and that's age and mortality. Mm-hmm. That dynamic was really good. That was the best part of the movie for me when they when they focused on it. I kind of wish they would have done more of that because the, the the plot, the story was fine, but it didn't like didn't wow me necessarily. Right. I thought the plot was fine. I didn't think it was bad. 
I'm curious, have any of you, so I'm the only one who hasn't seen Logan. Mm-hmm. Have any of you guys seen the movie Shane? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because what, what I've been hearing is it's, it takes a lot from that movie. They, they do not shy away from telling you that in the movie. Okay. Like, I mean, there's it's yeah, there's several points where Shane is the movie on the screen. Mm. Like, they've zoomed into a TV that's got Shane on. Gotcha. So it's not like... They really telegraph it. Yeah. And then one character quotes Shane at one point. In the movie. And does someone at the end go like, Logan, come back, Logan! <laughs> they actually just call him Shane. Yeah. No <laughs> so he rides away on Beast. <laughs> Logan, your nickname is Shane! Um, I think there's something interesting about the plot, and it's getting kind of picked up in theories online, is there's a reference to why, and this is not going to get to spoiler territory, and why Professor Xavier has isolated himself in the middle of the desert and why they want to isolate themselves, Wolverine and Xavier, on a boat and live on a boat in the water. And it's an event that happened. And they mention it. Yeah, they mention it. Professor... Never never talk about it. Never talk about it. Professor Xavier apparently killed something like 12 mutants. Yeah, isn't that the House of M series? I, th- I don't know. I think or so. Um, or I, I don't think so. I don't know. But I trust you yeah, that, it's, that it is. I mean, I think that's Magneto does a mass cleansing of mutants. Um, but yeah, and so I think the implication from that is not only are the stakes high because these on-screen characters who've been making movies as these characters for over 15 years, kind of inking the, the final deal, there's also... In the plot of the movie, these might be some of the last mutants, um, mm-hmm. which is what's interesting. And they talk about how the rate of genetic mutation <clears throat> in people has dropped to near zero. Um, and so that's, I think, I think that's that's the part of the plot that I like the most is is the universe around the yeah, well, A to B because it's all in that alternate timeline. <clears throat> right. So we discover that a lot of the things that happened in the first three X Men movies do happen in the alternate timeline. They're just different, obviously. They lead, like Xavier's alive in this movie. Yeah, but they lead to something. I forget. But the alternate timeline is Days of Future Past. They yeah. succeed and the Sentinels don't destroy all the X-Men. Well, but every, everything else changes then too. Right. Like, Rogue isn't with Magneto. Yeah. Like she is in the first three movies. But a lot of that stuff, like they reference the Statue of Liberty fight in Logan. Yeah. So you know that some of that stuff still happens, just happens in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie takes place in 2029. So they've got a 40-year window there they left open where they can still go make X-Men movies for the rest of our lives, which I'm sure they'll do. Are we you know? dying in 2029? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I thought we did a podcast pact here. <laughs> Once we make it, then. <laughs> Once we hit 2029, right. we all Logan ourselves. We're going to commit suicide on the pod. And, um, so, yeah, I don't know if it'll be the last time. Uh, I'm not convinced this is the last time we see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Well, he's cited, like, health reasons as to why he doesn't want to do it anymore. Like, that he... keeps having this the calls really hard. Throws <laughs> <laughs> well, his shoulders back. <laughs> well, I guess from, from filming, he's just gotten over a second bout with skin cancer. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think he would... He enjoys, you know, interior shots more. Not that there isn't plenty of green screen soundstage work in X-Men movies, but when he talks after the press circuit for Days of Future Past about Logan being his final movie. He cited health as one of the reasons why he wanted to take the action roles to take a back seat to his career. It also takes a long time to make a good action movie and he's a good actor and I kind of I'm kind of glad. I want him to do other things while he still can. You Mm -hmm. know? He's he's in his 50s I think now. He's a good looking man in his 50s. 
Yeah. Well, plus, you always see, like, part of the lead-up to, you know, highly hyped Wolverine movie is you'll get the, sh- the f- one of the first shots is, like, Hugh Jackman in the training room. Look how swell he got. Yeah. Like, he gets, like, disturbingly swole for, yeah. like, a 50-year-old man. And you yeah. can't be healthy to, like, put on that much bulk and have it go off and then put it on and off. Yeah. And in addition to that, once he reaches, like, the muscle mass and whatever he wants, if he has a scene where he's filming uh, shirtless or sleeveless... He doesn't eat or drink water two days before the shoot, so he looks like extra bulgy and veiny. So he's basically fasting two days on, two days off the entire time he's shooting an X-Men movie. Well, he could make more X-Men movies if he just, like, quit that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just have someone say, like, dude, stop. Yeah, it was good. I will say one other thing. We got a trailer for The Circle, which looked really good. Oh, yeah. That that looked great. Yeah. Emma Watson, John Boyega, Tom Hanks. Great cast. Patton Oswalt. Got the kid from Boyhood. Oh, yeah, the kid was also in it. Almost asked which which kid, like young him, middle him, old him. <laughs> so they they got all three, <laughs> all three of them playing the same character. Who's the director of that again? I, I looked uh, at uh, James Ponsold. That's yes, yeah. that's he did End of the Tour and something else. We got a couple other trailers that I looked. We got a couple of Red Band trailers, which is weird. Uh, the one with uh, Idris Elba losing his hand in the trailer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, life, life. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a commercials running for that now too. Yeah. It's like Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal too. Shit Go to YouTube, was. check out the Red Band trailer yeah. for Life because it's a very I don't know how good the movie will be, but the trailer very effective. Very well. well. What was it? We had another Red Band trailer. We got two. Okay. Oh, chips. Oh god. Yeah. I th- I thought that the chips trailer was, it was funny. funny, but still, and that's the, the, oh god is like stop making these fucking movies. I just love Michael Pena though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My opinion is good. Yeah, we saw the, the Chips trailer when we saw Logan. I thought it was really funny, which makes me worried that, that like that's what's funny. Those scenes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was one guy in the theater. There was this part in the movie where you see like these like collection of, of kids and it like pans out to them and this guy sitting the furious vibe just goes, A new tribe. <laughs> like he's watching the movie by himself. It's like I wanted, oh my god. I wanted to just say poignant. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, I've probably spent too long for somebody who's watched five episodes of TV in a movie that we can't really talk about, but... Well, Brent, Logan's, Logan's uh, relevant right now, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Like but I think Brent's it. watched a, a boatload. I have. So, uh, yeah, I have been... I've not watched a single episode of television. I have not played any video game. <laughs> Uh, since last video podcast, I uh, when we did the last <laughs> podcast, I had just uh, watched There Will Be Blood... And that completely cured all the uh, movie boredom that I had been suffering from since mm. the Oscar season. So primed the pump. Yeah, it did. And boy, I've been on a roller coaster ride of emotions with movies I've been watching over the last uh, week. <laughs> let's start with uh, chaos. Rains. Let's let's start with something that is by far not the weirdest or uh, most disturbing movie I watched all week: The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> so, when that's the baseline for yeah, good clean fun. Uh, I watched the Swedish version. I thought it was excellent. I really like that version. Have you not seen it before? I had seen it before. Uh, I haven't seen any of them. And I think it was... Uh, they really nailed the investigative aspect of the story of the mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. much better in the Swedish version than they do in the yeah. American version. Right. And I say that I'm a huge David Fincher fan, so I love the... I, I really liked the American version for the for the novel, having read the novel... Uh, the Swedish version, I think, nails it a little better. Also, Numi Rapace, Rapace yeah. she was phenomenal in that movie. I she think she should have scored an Oscar nomination. Yeah, especially considering I looked, I looked up the year. This is the year that Sandra Bullock won an Oscar, so I feel uh, like right. I feel like it's it's safe to say she probably should have been in that conversation. Uh, 
Moving on, I watched a 2013 movie called Upstream Color, which uh, has really good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot. I think it's got like 86% mm-hmm. or so. Are you familiar with Upstream mm-hmm. Color? Mm-hmm. I am, only in that it's the follow-up from Shane Carruth for Primer. And Primer has, a, crazy. Primer has a cult about it of... I, I love it, but people that say, best movie, anytime something sci-fi comes out, it's like, you know it's really good sci-fi movie? And it's smart? It's Primer. <laughs> <laughs> You have to like time travel movies to like Primer. Like, you have to love time travel movies. But I think this was his follow-up, like, ten years later, basically. I still don't really know what to think about Upstream Color. It was visually impressive and bizarre. I want to watch it So weird. Is it sci-fi? Yes? No? (laughs) I don't know. It's, uh... Still figuring it out, CJ. Sorry. I mean... It's kind of hard to give the, the basic plot because it, it sounds really weird. A woman is abducted. This is just like the first 20 minute plot or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, a woman is abducted and infected with a parasite. She's also brainwashed and the person who abducted her like steals her money and then she gets sent to some other party and loses the parasite and it's this chain of events and really strange and it's sort of like a circle of life thing involving the parasite and these different parties it's the it's so bizarre it's the weirdest movie so is it the weirdest movie you watched this week it it <laughs> it's close it's close for weirdest i'm not I'm nope. cheating and looking at your list. You definitely went on a ride this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up is Crimson Peak from 2015, which uh, have y'all seen? Oh, no, I want to see it. So it's uh, it's uh, what's the name? Uh, Guillermo del Toro. GDT. And like any del Toro movie, it's stunning visually. It's really good. He mm. he nailed it. It's it's a fun. I would suggest watching it just because of how good it is to look at uh-huh. including Tom Hiddleston's butt nice. uh, is in that hey. movie so really yeah oh wow yeah you get Hiddleston butt in Crimson Ooh. Peak uh, especially and I, I will say the last 20 minutes of that movie are really entertaining and really good but I feel like they spent so much time on the visuals that most of the plot was it was kind of a boring movie how was the lighting on the Hiddleston B very 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 uh, classy Okay. Very <laughs> artful, taste, tasteful, new, tasteful, but uh, nice. but no, yeah. So it's worth a watch, but it's it is kind of boring. Uh, which I was really disappointed because I, I love the cast and Del Toro. Yeah, I, I like yeah. the director too. Yeah, it's disappointing, but check it out. Uh, next, it was a rewatch. I'll rewatch Midnight in Paris, which love that movie. one of my favorite just, movies just of the decade. Movie. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Uh, recommend it for anyone. I won't spend long on it because next, I watched Antichrist. <laughs> The 2009 Lars von Trier classic. It's the uh, the third in the depression or the second first. in the depression. The first. In yeah, the it came out before Melancholia. Okay, that's right. And then Melancholia, then uh, Antichrist, Nymphomaniac. Yeah, completes it. Yeah. Is so to speak. <laughs> I just I really hated this movie. <laughs> just really really hated this movie. Check it out. It's uh, who's in it? Uh, Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg, who's in all three of the Depression trilogy movies. Mm-hmm. There's also a fox. Okay, <laughs> that's it. That's the entire cast. We so just a made fox, the a cast. fox, a raven, and a deer. Is yeah. That right? Did you say a fox, a fox, a raven, and a deer? <laughs> I may have stuttered. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Dick. I thought it was a like <laughs> secret Lars von Trier code. You were passing through the podcast. There's actually a fox, a raven, a deer, and a deer. So that's accurate. I don't want to get into the specifics of what is disturbing about Antichrist. The list is too long. Yeah. Uh, I, I just heard that there's a uh, genital smashing. Oh, there's more than one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, smashing? No, just the one smashing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Manip- manipulate, uh, not manipulation. Well, yeah. Mutilation. 
Yeah, I'm sorry yeah. I opened this door. You guys were comfortable leaving it closed. <laughs> <laughs> Should have taken heed. <laughs> you, then you look in the room and there's only hope in there. Peek through the you realize what you've done. But and what I saw disturbed me. There's a, yeah, the fox, the fox talks. He, uh, his memorable quote is, Chaos reigns. <laughs> and then he disembowels himself. <laughs> that sounds... He's constantly disemboweling himself. Yes. Yeah. That sounds fucking rad. The, the deer is has like a... A stillborn fawn, like hanging out of her the entire time. Because art, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a raven. He's he's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, I've watched all. Th- I've watched the entire Depression trilogy. I've watched both parts uh, of Nymphomaniac and Antichrist. Is definitely the worst. Melancholia was better. It didn't make me feel too good. <laughs> and the Nymphomaniac, I thought was the was, was aptly okay. titled Depression trilogy. Yeah. Nymphomaniac is the best of the three. Does he call it the Depression Trilogy, or does everyone else force him to call everyone it Everyone who's seen it. He's made like three separate trilogies. Oh. I mean, this is what Wikipedia says. Yeah. I don't know if he calls them or not, but the Depression Trilogy is just those three. I think Dogville is outside of a trilogy. Dogville and its sequel. Wasn't Mandalay? What's, what's Mandalay the is the sequel Mandalay to Dogville yeah. with uh, Ron Howard's daughter. Dallas Bryce? Yeah. Bryce Dallas. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Lulu Dallas. Multipass. Yeah. Despite hating Antichrist, it's just so bizarre that it's something that I feel like people would, I don't know, I don't, would you recommend people watch it? Certain people? Yes. Like I would not recommend enemies? it to everybody. <laughs> I would not recommend it to everybody. But just like I wouldn't recommend Melancholy to anybody that's ever like dealt with depression in any way, but I don't know. Yeah. Like Flores Frontier, man, he gets off on that shit. Yeah. And he'll tell you he does. Like, that's what's... Not annoying about it. It's just, that's kind of the rub. Well, I think watching Antichrist fueled me to watch a lot more movies just to wash that taste out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm, so, uh, I'm so glad I assigned Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, hearing right. I really needed it. I'm glad I saved it. Downers. I looked for Dogville earlier in the week to for homework, and I couldn't find a stream anywhere. <laughs> oh, that was before you. I even watched. Yeah, that was before. I was. I was because I realized the 99 Homes thing that we had been like mm-hmm. inserting jolly movies nonstop, and I was like, all right, I can. And I really like Dogville. I think Dogville's mm-hmm. really good. Uh, I watched uh, a, a good pick-me-up movie after Antichrist was uh, the 2014 comedy What We Do in the Shadows, which is a vampire mockumentary. Love that movie. Hmm. It's You've delightful, it? yeah. Okay. All right. That's excellent. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed that. Uh, Fun. Lots of laugh-out-loud moments in that movie. Yeah. Uh, I love the the werewolves in it. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> the werewolves just make a cameo. I just my favorite quote from that movie is uh, when uh, who's the actor from Jermaine Clement? Yeah, Jermaine Clement is uh, his his character is depressed over something, and uh, he just he's sitting at a computer, and his friends are trying to get him to go out to this event, and he says, "No, leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet." <laughs> and somebody says, "What are you bidding on?" He goes, "A table." <laughs> <laughs> After that, I watched Finding Dory from nice. last year, Yeah, which was, uh, I feel like there's only two kinds of Pixar movies. There's great Pixar movies and good Pixar movies, and Cars 2, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and this was a good Pixar movie for me. Nice. Yeah. Watched The Neon Demon, which is from Amazon, and it is, uh, Chris has seen it. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great, but I enjoyed it. I don't think there's much movie. No. It is really just a showcase for Nicholas Winding Refn's uh, take on how 
disgusting the fashion industry and modeling industries are. How much narcissism there is there? Yeah, narcissism yeah. and like self mutilation through anorexia and eating disorders and imposed like body stigma. Yeah, yeah. I thought Elle Fanning was fantastic in it, and I mm-hmm. thought she was the best best thing in the movie. Uh, she's the main character. And who's the friend who is the makeup artist? Yeah, it's uh, Jenna Malone. Yeah, nice. uh, plays her. She's good in it. Yeah, there's also a, a, a very odd and kind of out of place uh, Keanu Reeves appearance in that movie. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Weird. He runs a motel where she's staying. Yeah. Living in. And Canada. it's like, probably, if you didn't watch it and you described what Keanu Reeves' character did, you'd be like, oh, he's the bad guy, but he's like not the worst person. But, you know, kind of casually offers someone to sodomize and take advantage of children who are staying at his hotel. Somehow not the worst guy in the movie. Man, Brent had a week. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then I finished with, uh, I really enjoyed this movie from 2015. I had not even heard of it when I found it. It's called The Invitation. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Anybody familiar? I've heard of it. No. Karen Kusama directed it. Mm -hmm. A bunch of people go to a house and then... Dinner Party from Hell kind of uh, movie. Where it's, uh, yeah, a bunch of people go to a house for a party. You kind of don't know what it's going to be and it it has the uh, feel of a thriller as you're watching it. And you don't really know if it's going to unfold in that way, if there's going to be anything crazy that takes place, or if it's just this one guy being sort of paranoid over his... Uh, he's a, it, He is invited, he's the main character, and he's invited to his, his ex-wife and her new husband hmm. uh, to their house for this dinner party. And I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I would recommend it. If you gave it a genre, genre would you give it? I would say thriller. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely that. It's just I don't want to say which way it goes right, right towards right. the end, mm-hmm. but it's. Uh, I want to see it. It's nice. it's Fun. very good. It's once fun. it once it, yeah, it's. Uh, Doesn't it have the uh, the guy who's the Tom Hardy lookalike? Tom Hardy lookalike. From what I'm looking at, Logan Marshall Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's the okay. guy who's in the. Um, Oh yeah, Jesus! He looks just like Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, he was in Prometheus, and I kept thinking that Tom Hardy was in Prometheus. Yeah, I was just going to say somebody else from the invitation is uh, I always forget the guy's name, but he's in Michael Weisman. Oh, he's yeah, that's okay. the guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's, he's also very good, but it's the guy from Zodiac. Oh, John Carroll Lynch. Yes, uh... John Carroll Lynch, who is. Uh, He's like the most likely suspect in Zodiac that they talk to. That mm-hmm. guy is just always perfectly... He does that nice creepiness so mm-hmm. well. And he does it perfectly in, in The Invitation. Nice. So anyway, powered through my my explosion of movie watching this week. Sweet. Didn't do anything else. I'm worried about your life, given your motivation. I want to know why you chose those movies. So these were... these were ran- I won't get into the nuts and bolts of, of how I... Of course they have a methodology. Yeah, yeah, they were they were pre-selected for me. Uh, one day I'm gonna... You're gonna Jeez. be walking past me, and like a gear is gonna fall out of your shoulder. <laughs> like, I, I, I like, knew it. I like they were selected for me. I think Brent has a watcher. We've talked, we've talked about <laughs> it. It's, it's, this. A, it's an obelisk that scans his face and tells him, TV, alphabetically, I have the random order for your movies today. Yeah. Uatu the Watcher guides you through the obelisk. <laughs> it's, it, it stems from I had to create a process because I would I was the person who would spend an hour and a half just scrolling through Netflix. Okay. It was like, that looks good. That looks good, too. So is it just like a roulette wheel application? you just like, oh, that would be great. Antichrist. No. Have a good day. <laughs> no, I use, uh, I'm on Letterboxd, and uh, I, I recommend that to anybody. It's a good website to keep track of movies and uh, whatnot. I just go to, I pick a year, yeah. and I go to the, you can you can find all the movies from a year and sort them by like 
the most watched on on the website yeah. by other people, and I just go to the top one I haven't seen. Mm. Nice. So when I watched Antichrist, it was because all these other people had watched Antichrist and talked about it. So I blamed them for that. Yeah. Does nice. it have a filter of available for streaming, or do you just make the call? I think if you uh, if you pay and upgrade to the pro version, it does. But I have not done that. I just use my. This, I also have an app for streaming. It's mm-hmm. called Just Watch. The one I have. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I really want. Are in my head. <laughs> I really want your entertainment overlord to just like, threaten you to like, suck this into your eye holes. <laughs> <laughs> one day I will stop making fun of how you choose stuff to watch. <laughs> that day is not today. See, I don't know. I'm, TV is alphabetical, but there's you know, there's a process for that. Yeah. Just sort by Nielsen just, ratings. It's just interesting. And then pick your vintage and yeah. you know what you're pairing it with. Uh, I, I don't know. I've, I've enjoyed. I, I like doing it this way because I would never. I don't think I, I would ever pick out the invitation to watch. Yeah. Right. Otherwise. That's true. It's, it's a really small movie. I don't think it got much of a fanfare to it. That's it. Cool. Uh, I'll go through what I've been watching. A uh, couple movies, couple shows. And then close it out with the biggest development in my in my life, getting a PS4. Fun. So first of all, uh, some movies I watched. I watched. Uh, I finally watched Chef. Yeah. So part of my methodology here is I love the ability of uh, you know I watch pretty much exclusively streaming movies. Mm-hmm. I love the ability for Amazon Prime and Netflix specifically that you can download uh, movies to devices, not just stream them. So oh. you don't have to worry about being on Wi-Fi or chewing up data. That being said, I have a bunch of stuff I've downloaded to like a phone, and it's just eating up space. So I decided after the Oscars, I'm just going to watch the stuff I had saved. Yes. So kind of going through those. The first one was uh, Chef. I'd started it a couple of weeks ago. Just watched the first 20 minutes. I'd fallen asleep because I started really late. Mm. Ended it. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. It's cute, kind of a... Cute movie. It's a cute like, movie. I like Chef. Yeah. It's a pretty minor movie. It's got great uh, food pornography, basically. Just like lovingly like sizzling and... Yeah, you want to eat those Cuban sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Cubans look good. One of the dishes that he makes, the pasta olio, the oglio, whatever it yeah. is. Um, there's a YouTube channel that's just like really popular now called Binging with Babish, and it's this guy who takes food that is presented in movies and recreates it live mm-hmm. in a kitchen, not live, like recreates it, and he does the one from Chef, the pasta dish he makes. Nice. It's basically like a foreplay for him and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, with the final like flip of the fork, it like scoops over. Yeah. Cool. It's kind of a power move of John Favreau. Though. <laughs> I'm, I'm, John, I'm John Favreau. I'm not going to lose any weight. I'm going to look like this. And Scarlett Johansson is going to have sex with me. <laughs> she's she's going to be pantsless on more than one occasion near me. <laughs> yeah, not too much about it. It's just a fun movie. It's, it's got a weird... And John Leguizamo is also like... I thought he was really like charming in that movie. Cool. Usually he's kind of manic and either a bad guy or like a sleaze bag. He's just a stand-up guy who's like a great friend and is, I don't know, he's pretty non-John Leguizamo. That's a good point. He's normally annoying for, I mean, on purpose. It's like like his shtick. He's he's so enjoyable in the movie. Yeah, Yeah. he's a stand-up guy. He's great with the kid. Um, It's got a weird thing with technology, though, that I think will probably date it. It's like heavily integrated with Twitter, yeah, in like uh, Vine, which is already dead now. Right about like making vines together. I wonder if like in ten years it'll just be this little curiosity of a movie. Yeah, the guy who could, didn't know under, didn't understand how Twitter worked. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying that, that and it's got like active like Twitter, you know, sound effects and little birds going off with tweets. Yeah. Tweets are on screen. 
I, I would almost think Twitter sponsored it. I, I looked into it and they didn't, but they got to approve content. So you're saying that the guy who wrote Swingers, which is a <laughs> monument in time in the 90s, wrote something that's going to be dated in 10 years? New time capsule. There you go. Nice. Remember in 2014 when we were eating cubing sandwiches? <laughs> well, we need, to, we need to revisit this topic in 2028, a year before our deaths. And see if, <laughs> when, when, if it's when, enjoyable. When the obelisk is determined, there is no streaming left. <laughs> <laughs> when it screams at Brent, I'm satisfied with your intake. I will devour you now. <laughs> Brent, finally stand. Brent, you may end. <laughs> Brent, good gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of weird uh, endings, I watched uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm-hmm. Also, it was saved to my device. Um, no, that was that one was uh, a new one. I just watched that because I wanted to. There you cool. go. It's recent to streaming on Amazon Prime, and it's really good. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is amazing in that movie. Mm-hmm. She's good. All three of them are really, really good. Yeah. John Goodman and uh, John Gallagher yeah. Jr.? Were you satisfied with the ending? Did you think it detracted from the movie? Do you think they should have left... Uh, I'll just, I'll just say ambiguous? that the, the movie provides a, an answer to the question of the movie. Mm-hmm. And do you think uh, they should have not provided the answer? I, I liked uh, where it went with it. I do think that there's probably maybe more they could have done inside the bunker. I feel like there's a little bit of unfulfilled premise there still to be mined. You know, once uh, John Gallagher Jr. is, spoiler, dead. Whoa. Yeah. People die in that movie? <laughs> Um, it kind of like the next scene is a wrap up of escaping the bunker, mm-hmm. which I guess makes sense. There's a act of violence that really time to go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had a weird moment watching that. We saw it at the drive-in, I mm-hmm. think, with Chris yeah, Kelly and, and and me and Cass, and I never quite understood why Goodman helped her in the first place. Like that character, John Goodman's character, is so weird in that movie. Mm-hmm. To like pull somebody from the side of the road because they need help to take him into a bunker, but then be like such an asshole and not want anybody in his bunker at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was very odd. Well, he also hit her with his car. He ran her off the road. So what was he wanting her for, though? That's the thing. He was never going to like... And there's also some unrealized stuff. I guess now that we're in spoiler country, yeah. you know, he has a weird uh, daughter fetish thing. Because uh, right. there was someone else in the bunker before right. Mary Elizabeth Winstead who was obviously killed right. and probably put in an acidic bucket. Yeah. And then Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the new person. Right. Yeah. It's almost like the apocalyptic apocalyptic ending is a just pure coincidence. Right. Because it sounds like he was in the bunker and had someone he had kidnapped before in it anyway. It just so happens, you know, two birds, one stone, escape the apocalypse <laughs> and do my funky shit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I think the... I, I just Yeah, since we are in full spoiler territory now, uh, I just... I really did like that the main question of the movie was, well, is he crazy or is he telling the truth? It turns out, well, those aren't mutually ex- exclusive. Right. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. both. Yeah. He's crazy and he's telling the truth. Well, I also yeah. think it, it helps add the question mark because despite it being named 10 Cloverfield Lane, the production history of this movie is that it wasn't, this is like Super Mario 2. Mm-hmm. It wasn't originally intended to be a Cloverfield sequel. Right. And then p- production problems happened. J.J. Abrams liked the project, picked it up, said they could slap the name on it. Because of that, it's the big question question mark. Like, is this the world after we know these Cloverfield monsters exist? Right. Or, I think he still calls it like a spiritual sequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe still maybe the same universe, maybe not. Yeah, like maybe a, like not. Twilight Zone sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I was kind of thinking. Not not in terms of plot, but in terms of 
like atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. right. And just some elements to it. Yeah, the whole thing is interesting. Uh, it's direct. You know, it's the debut of Dan, Dan Trachtenberg, who directed the fantastic Portal short, mm. like the famous kind yeah, of nice. visual effects showcase thing. Yeah, like that was his big ticket, and he used to be a host of the Totally Rad Show, which is a podcast I listened to like. Ten years ago, yeah, it's just crazy that nice. he's, he's now like a big director guy. Michelle Trachtenberg's brother, yeah, I think I think that's true. Oh, uh, really? really? nice. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, I like weird. being right by coincidence is the best way to be right. <laughs> I guess that's me, Trachtenberg's last movie I saw was uh, Blue Ruin. You guys heard of this movie? Seen it. It's very good. Very yeah. violent. Very violent. It's the guy who did Green Room, uh, Anton yeah, Yelchin. Yeah. It's the movie before it. I thought he was just going to do all colors. I thought that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> I think his next movie, I forget what it's called, but it doesn't have a color in it. But Blue Ruin, I don't want to talk about it at all. I think right. it's the... <laughs> Moving on. Well, I think it, it's just, it does, it's great with like changing up what you think the movie's going to be about. I didn't know that much about it. I knew that it was violent. That's pretty much it. And it's great to go into it knowing very little, maybe that it's violent. Yeah, you know, in in parts, and just uh, go for it, just nice. experience it, because it you know get, definitely goes on a journey. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being weird. And, and uh, a couple TV shows I want to talk about. Uh, too many of them. I uh, I'm also watching Big Little Lies on HBO. It's really good. I hate Shailene Woodley. I'll never watch that. You know, Allison had the and same thing. Never listen to the Allison hates Shailene Woodley, and she likes the show. It's just there's so many. It's so rare for a show to have so many big female performances, like Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern's in it. I don't hate her because she's a woman. No, I know. I'm just saying. I understand that she's hateable, but you know, it's a cool female-driven story where the guys are kind of just along for the ride. Yeah, especially on HBO. There's not a lot. Like that. There's some silly stuff in the show, but you know, it's been entertaining. Nice. Last thing I've been watching, started rewatching Master of None, um, the Aziz Ansari show. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. Each show was like a little movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We recently watched the Parents episode, and I love that. They trace the it immigrant was the last parents. I saw before I stopped for unknown reasons. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I suggest going, going back to it. Yeah. Actually, because the one after that is really funny. Nice. Um, it's There's like a secret show to a Father John Misty concert, mm-hmm. and he's got to figure out like who he's going to give the extra ticket to, to go with him. No, nice. It's kind of a replay of some of his stand-up of like uh, text politics, if yeah. you've ever seen his stand-up. Yeah. It's just really... Kind of funny. Also, nice. Eric Wareheim is awesome in that show. Yeah. He's so funny. Um, and then I got a PS4, so I'm playing... <laughs> Brother. Actual good games We're now. here together. We could literally be friends. And then there I finally three. have a consistent system. So I've been uh, playing... Uh, I got a PS4 and I'm playing two four games. Uncharted 4, which came with a system. That was pretty fun. Cool. They came with it. It's like playing an Indiana Jones movie. Sweet. Sounds great. Yeah. It's kind of fun. <laughs> and then playing Fallout 4. Fallout is my heart. <laughs> Which is really bad for me, but it's been pretty entertaining. So fifty percent of us are playing open world Bethesda games. Yeah, great. See you guys in a year. <laughs> no, I recommended Horizon Zero Dawn, and I know that you're you know not trying to spend full ticket price for it. And I say give it a month, and it'll be. I describe myself as, myself as a discount gamer. Like I get the system five years after it came out, and can get the games for like fifteen, twenty bucks. You got the slim though, right? I got the slim. Yeah, I wait on there. I wait on uh, Game of the Year editions. That way, I just get all yeah. the DLC. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, that, that's good uh, for forty bucks or whatever. Right. Okay, but that's pretty much me. Good for you. Wrapping up, watching and playing. We've we've uh, we've 
Been doing a lot, guys. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so for a topic, since we're running uh, a little bit longer than usual with what we've been watching, we're all inspired after uh, getting back into it. Tabletop games, board games. Um, we may be making an ongoing series talking about different ones. Uh, this week, I think we're going to talk about uh, code names. It's a fun board game where you don't even really need a board. You just need a flat surface, and you put out stuff on it, and you play with your friends. <laughs> like most board games? Yep. Okay. So does anyone want to... Do we need to explain it? Yeah. So Codenames, you get a deck of cards, have a partner that you're playing with. Can you play with more than four people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just two teams, right? Yeah, two teams. Oh, so you can play two with two sides. teams of three. Yeah. Okay. Probably two teams of four. Yeah. Or a team or of three and a team of two. <laughs> this is great content. The possibilities <laughs> are endless. Could you do a five and a five? Wait, mm, yeah, two teams of five. <laughs> so Thanks for listening. <laughs> you stopped. The words are, each card has a word, and it's laid out in a grid of, what, five by five, maybe? Yeah. 25 cards. One part of the team is giving a clue, and the other part of the team is guessing, and you and the other person, if you are the clue giver and... You and the other clue giver are looking at a grid, and you're trying to one. One's a blue team, one's a red team. <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to get the uh, the your partner to guess specific cards by saying a single word at a time. Yeah, mm-hmm. like right. password rules. Right, one word. What makes it tough is there are there is a potential like kill switch card almost that just ends the game. You lose if your partner guesses that card, and then you also have cards that would help the other team, and you don't want your partner guessing those cards. So it's it's sort of carefully selecting clues. You would have a different a different allotment of cards each time you play. It plays differently every time. You know, one time you might have Cinderella and Slipper might be out on the cards, but you could also have Shoe or something as your kill card. So you have to make sure they they don't get Shoe. Is, is the rule? A- We'll see about this. There's a rule that you cannot say any words that are on the board. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So not necessarily what you're guessing. Right. Okay. Like if it's a different team, is what you're saying? Right. Like if I had Cinderella and you had Slipper, I couldn't say Slipper. To get them, my part, I guess Cinderella. Oh, right, right, right. So it's it's kind of it's it, that's what that's what is fun about it is you're trying to figure out how can I say something that will clue them into Cinderella and not shoe. Right, got it. Which makes it difficult. And the other part is trying to see how fancy you're trying to get. Like I can, I wonder if I can get two words with a single word that's on our side, yeah, without getting them to guess something that's wrong. Trying to be vague but specific enough. Enough not to hit like I think it's the assassin card maybe is that the the kill switch card? Oh, right yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of a balance there I feel like most of the game if you're not playing it is like a solid sixty seconds of someone leaning into a card and just going hmm. Uh, hmm. and then finally like <laughs> one word yeah piano <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes if you're on the other side because you you know what's what's on there or you can kind of guess you know if you're the opposite team you go. Oh, that's yeah. so well played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're trying to guess on this side, like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> of course, yeah, you, no. you, I'm pretty Ooh. bad at the game because I sometimes don't read all the cards on the table before I <laughs> before I said something. So, you know, I would say piano, looking at the word grand mm-hmm. or something, and not see 
keys right. or song, possibly. <laughs> yeah. There's Tchaikovsky. Yeah. And my partner helplessly, of course, just points at that. And I'm like, oh, I should have seen that. My bad. My bad. Lost the game for us. That, that's most of my six, 60 seconds is uh, making sure I've gone through every single card yeah. and uh, double checking. I do recommend the game because it's fun and it plays differently each time. And it plays really fast. I was going to say, it's yeah. super yeah. quick. It's a 15-minute 15 15 game. Yeah. It's cheap. It's fast. You can have unbalanced teams. Yeah. And it's really easy to understand once you've had someone like play a game with you who knows the rules or you just want to figure it out yourself. Yeah. It's super simple. Yeah. That was my intimation of code names. That nice. was pretty effective. <laughs> like yeah. Despite my clunky expl- explanation of the game. I mean, explain the finer points of it. It's difficult to explain. It's kind of, it's a little esoteric. Because you don't have a game board. Yeah, you want you know, to be able to It's point. got an amorphous kind of playing field and variable teams. The only reason you can't just make this game at home on your own is because of the, the all the random designs that you're trying to get. I suppose you could do that with like some... like. If you incorporated a random number generator or something, yeah. you could say, I need, like, row three, word five or something. But that would take, that would take quite a lot of time. I, th- I think there's also a balance they do in the interconnectedness of the words yeah. to make it the thing difficult. Or else you could... Yeah, you can't just, like, dump a dictionary out and pick words because they have so many words that are close enough. Yeah. Yeah. When I was playing it, there was Snowman, but there was also Antarctica on it. Right. Like, one was the other team. It may even been a, a kill card, and mine was... I wanted to go cold because I had both winter and snowman. Yeah. But tripping up Antarctica, I think if you unbalance that with right. your own cards, you could kind of make it a little less interesting. Right. Yeah. But you got to just say Young Jeezy because he got the snowman. <laughs> yeah, but how does that go into winter? <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying for two at one point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Fuck your dreams. <laughs> how, much, how much is it? Probably like 12, 15 bucks. I'll say 15 bucks. At, at Target. I guess. That's what, yeah. So it's a, it's a cheap pickup. If you do game knots, it's, it's a fun. Yeah. Fairly light game. Especially yeah. if you make, if you are the type of gamer who plays very heavy multi-hour games it's a nice palate cleanser yeah. after that or in, a, or in a game night doing like an opening game of that like a yeah. couple rounds of yeah. that and then get into the, the heavy stuff it's a good one to play with probably with family too it's like fun for friends <laughs> and and probably fun for you can play with kids yeah I, I would say don't dive straight into there's an adult version of the game don't dr- dive straight into that and if you do end up getting it mix it in with the regular game because the yeah. cards are very specific in the adult version um, and first time I played it and it was easy we just went whoever went first won yeah every time Uh, because of just how Blumpkin is one thing you don't have to go bold like you're gonna get there oh I was wondering what what you meant by adult so like the cards against (laughs) humanity type version kinda right Mm. not not even that salacious Mm. but you know it'll have vagina yeah and well you don't have to have but it's you know in the genitalia you know, not difficult to parse between the two and just go on a string and just get them all. Sure. So, string and genitalia. Yep. Mix it in with a regular game, though, and then you can have snowman and genitalia. <laughs> snowman and right. genitalia. Yeah. I, want, I want someone to get winter. Is... So you just say carrot. <laughs> Shrinkage. Nice. But yeah, so that's... Juice. That's that's Codenames. Codenames is, Codenames is fun. We all like it. Yep. We're playing yeah. it right now. 
So we'll transition into a couple weeks past, but we want to have the full crew together to talk about Bill Paxton passing away. And he's just so integral to 80s and 90s movies that we grew up with mm-hmm. that I kind of just wanted to put the question out here. But when you think of Bill Paxton, like, what movie do you associate him with? For my mine is Twister, for sure. It's one of my... When Twister come out? 96? Yeah, 96. So, yeah, 10 or 11-year-old TJ loved that movie. It was like... Enough adult and then enough kids with like, you know, flying cows and mm-hmm. shit. That's the movie. It's kind of my, not Jurassic Park, because it's not as good as Jurassic Park, but that childhood movie. Twister's one that I've watched probably 40 or 50 times, because every time it was on TBS or our local uh, antenna station here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. it always stayed on the TV. If it mm-hmm. was on. So yeah, it was uh, Twister for me is, is easily, is easily that. Although I know Alien is probably the most common answer to this if you hold a bunch of people, I would think. For me, it's Twister as well. At least when I think of Bill Paxton in a starring role. Right. But I might think of True Lies, actually. He's really he's good so, at True Lies. He steals every scene he's in yeah. in True Lies. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah, when I think of it, I think of a, a movie that I always re- try to remember to recommend to people as like a smaller movie. It's him and uh, Matthew McConaughey, a movie I saw back in the day, Frailty. It, it, oh, yeah. I don't think this is directorial debut. Yeah, we, wa- I mean, I we watched it. Together with with uh, our dad, yeah, and it's just really well done, really tense and taut. Talk about like uh, ambiguous tension going throughout the movie. I don't think it was pretty big, but I think we just grabbed it from Blockbuster back in the day on yeah. him, and it's just really well done. Yeah, uh, nice thriller, uh, nice Powers Booth performance. He's kind of the uh, cop guy in that, and McConaughey and Paxton are good in it. And like I said, Paxton rec- uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Paxton recommended it. Because he directed it. <laughs> He's, he was a... There was a... The day after he died, Fresh Air, the NPR show with Terry Gross, re-aired an interview with Paxton from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He was like a big student of film. He, he liked it a lot. And his dad was too. His dad actually got a... What was the movie with him and Billy Bob Thornton? I can't remember it now. A Simple Plan. Simple Plan. A simple Plan. Good movie. Where... Uh, who's the director? Anybody know? Somebody, somebody we know. But anyway, his dad called the uh, director and was like, I don't... Could I like, audition for this role in this movie? My son, let me read the script. Or whatever. And like, <laughs> Bill Paxton went to set one day and was like... His dad was playing like the clerk at the store or something. Like, what are you doing here? He was like, I'm in the movie! <laughs> it's like his first movie. I brought your lunch. There's a note in there. <laughs> so yeah, it was, that was cool. How would you, Chris? Anything? For me, it's aliens. Yeah, I mean that—that's that, the second for me for from frailty. Yeah, I, I I've forgotten about frailty, and I really like frailty. Um, so it's obviously not the one I think of. When I think of Bill Paxton, mm-hmm. um, but would recommend it to everyone. Aliens. I don't know. He's just aliens is is for it being the movie that it is. It's really fun. It is so fun. His character, especially. Yeah. Being like the defeated, kind of shell shocked marine. Super quotable yeah. line. Yeah. He's got like, yeah, throughout, at the end of the movie, he's got this weird, like, castrated machismo to him. Yeah. With like the game over man, where he's like, guy completely turned on his head. He's yeah. so, like, lost before he lost kind of dude. Yeah. But he still rings, like, uh, mm-hmm. humor and stuff out of that. Right. Oh, man, humor and stuff. Uh, I giggled. I know it's, like, probably the worst Broke Lizard movie, but Andy oh. Kalataberg is so. Yeah, Club Dread. Yeah. <laughs> He's really funny. a lot of bird. <laughs> I recorded it first. <laughs> so dumb and awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something else I was going to say. Uh, oh, he's in Red Circle, um, the movie we were talking about, which I think was going to be his last. The movie we saw a trailer for the Tom Hanks oh, Emma Watson yeah. movie. Oh, The Circle. The circle. Yeah, The Circle. Sorry. Yeah, yeah he's going to play Emma Watson's father. I think. Yeah, and he's got, it looks like he has MS in the movie. 
So mm-hmm. that works out. There could be a possibility of a posthumous nomination, maybe for Paxton. That would be interesting. That would be cool. That'd be good because he never really got to that echelon, and right. I don't think it was ever thought of that way. But, but he's in an Oscar movie with MS. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> maybe. Well, now the, I know that we're going to go through a list. Um, I, I, I always feel like. Bill Paxton is the type of actor you run through his filmography and you go, oh yeah, like yeah. like he's that guy, yeah, like with a smile, kind of a like, step yeah, above, yeah. a step above a character actor and a step below, you know, the limelight. Yep, mm-hmm. I agree totally. Yeah, so I, I made a list of uh, I've got all his movies ranked by Rotten Tomatoes score. Cool. Uh, I rank them from from worst to first. Chris, I know you said you wanted to hear the the worst ones. I want to, I want to hear the bottom the bottom few. Okay, the only thing that's uh, zero. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes came out last year it's called Term Life any no idea uh, I think it's like a I feel like I've I either saw it. Say how many reviews it has? No, it was sometimes a, it was a big-ish like movie. I've I, uh, the the title rings for some reason. Uh, also in the sub twenty range is uh, 2006 movie Haven. No, didn't see it. 2013 movie The Colony. Nope, didn't see it. 1989's Brain Dead. Nope, didn't see it. 1993 Boxing Helena. Mm-mm. I've we, heard of that one. Uh, we, gotta, we, we gotta get the one we've seen. That, that's been on a blockbuster shelf before. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, let's just roll through it. 2004 Thunderbirds. Oof. Never saw it. Did the puppet movie that they made into a live action. Oh, yeah. 1990, Navy Seals. Yes. I think I've seen I saw that. that. Yeah. yeah. That's the movie where uh, Charlie Sheen gets his car back from being towed by... God, that movie's so dumb. Like, he gets, he gets, he gets like, his friend to drive up next to the tow truck, and he hops into his car and, like, slams it out of the tow truck. <laughs> and then uh, his buddy is, like, riding, and they're in the passenger seat, and he's like, oh, you're being such, like, you're being an idiot. Let's go do this thing. And he's like, I'll just see you later. And he like jumps out of the convertible <laughs> off a bridge into the water. What does this have to do with Navy SEALs? They're, they're Navy SEALs on like leave. And then oh. they go do a bunch of action shit later. But I remember thinking that was dumb in the first thing. Like some guy gets pissed off. So he just jumps out of the car like 80 feet into the water. Because that's what Navy SEALs do. It's like, let's, <laughs> let's make stripes, but instead of comedy, do wicked stunts. <laughs> uh, 2015 TV movie Texas Rising. Oh, uh, uh, it's, about that, it's about that bakery, right? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, 2007's The Good Life, 1984 huh. movie Impulse, Mm-mm. 1989's Slipstream, <laughs> nope. uh, 2017, okay, he's in Training Day, but not the Denzel Washington movie, he was in a <laughs> the 2017 TV show, TV show mm-hmm. uh, Training Day, which was not well liked, mm-hmm. apparently, earlier this year. Uh, 1996, he was in The the Evening Star, which I believe is oh, the sequel to yeah. Terms of Endearment, Terms of Demon, yeah. and oh, that's only a 23 on Rotten Tomatoes, that might be, that would be a fun category. Sometime worst sequels to best picture winning movies. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, French Connection, French Connection 2. Yeah, Titanic 2. <laughs> that exists. Yeah. <laughs> 1990, he was in Predator 2. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I saw the thing going around that he's the only actor to have been killed by a xenomorph <laughs> and a Predator. And a Terminator. And a Terminator, and a Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2004, Club Dread, only a 29. Nice. It's underappreciated. Oh, it's better than that. Yeah. yeah. It's a solid 45. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the thing I remember it is Bill, Bill Paxton that coconut Pete yeah. and uh, the quasi racist Spanish guy uh, yeah. <laughs> white guy playing a Spanish guy keeps calling uh, the lady Penelope yeah. <laughs> Penelope Penelope <laughs> I don't know why I just <laughs> I think that's, that's funny 1983 Lords of Discipline Ooh. Ooh. 2003 this introduces a new trilogy I think he was in 2003 Spy Kids 3D Game Over nice. uh, 19, I bet that was fun 1991 The Dark Backward 2000 what? he was Crab. in 2000 he was in Vertical Limit uh, vertical oh, limits, yeah. yeah. It's a climbing movie, like a mountaining movie. Yeah, it's the one with uh, mountaining. 
mountaineering. Uh, Vertical Limit has one of the girls who was in the craft, Veruca, not Veruca Salt. Veruca James. Veruzabalk. Veruca Salt. That's close. Veruza Balk and Robin, the guy who doesn't act in movies anymore, who was Robin in Batman and Robin. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. I think Veruza Balk is his sister and she like gets caught on Everest mm. and he rounds up a crew to go get it. Bill Paxton plays like the millionaire pay for millions of dollars to get the best like Sherpas to take him to the top of Everest. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, we've hit the 50% mark on the next one so we're getting into better than, than not movies. 1989 Next of Kin. Don't know it. Mm-hmm. 1998 Mighty Joe Young. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, forgot. I always forget about that movie. Charlie's there. Right? That's like a remake from a 40s movie. Yeah. Too. Uh, tw- 2013, Shanghai Calling. Not- Is that in the Shanghai Noon <laughs> trilogy? Probably not. <laughs> Uh, 1985, Weird Science. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, right, that's yeah. a bi- that's a big one. Which, yeah. is, is he the big, older brother? Yeah, yeah. is his name like Buzz? Not sure. He's like a real older brother in the 80s movie. He's it's got a big. It's like Buzz or Buck yeah. or something, and he's just like the best Dick, dickhead, dickhead bully. Yeah. yeah, nice. Next is Twister. After that, 1996, The Last Supper. Don't know that. What's Twister get? Sorry, 57. Should be higher. Yeah, it should be higher. Uh, 2014 Million Dollar Arm, which was the John Hamm oh, baseball yeah. scouting. Oh, movie. he plays the. Uh, I never saw it. He plays a Arizona State baseball coach movie. Uh, nice. 2013, he was in a movie called Two Guns. Oh yeah, Denzel Washington movie. And Mark I heard Wahlberg. It's, I heard it's good. Sixty four. Right? I heard it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Nineteen. Nineteen eighty four. Streets of Yeah. <laughs> Streets of Fire. Nineteen ninety three. Indian Summer, which. Uh, I remember my mom had that on VHS back in the day. It was a, it's a, I don't know, fine movie. Huh. 2012, he was in a TV movie called The Hatfields and McCoys. Oh, yeah. Mini series. I heard that's good. It's just recently expiring on Netflix. Oh, okay. But it's like him and Kevin Costner are the, the two, the titular family. Mr. Hatfield and Mr. McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, 2000, he was in U571. Oh, yeah, U571's good. I saw yeah. it in the theater. Yeah. Uh, 1992, Trespass. 1985, Commando. He's in Commando. Commando. Into the 70s now. Uh, Like three movies with Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, 94, True Lies is next. Only a 72 on Rotten Tomatoes for True Lies. That seems really, really low. 72 is all right for Rotten Tomatoes, though. Yeah. That's true. 2002, Frailty is next. It's a 73. I like that movie. 1993, one of the best just pure entertainment movies I've ever seen, Tombstone. Uh, He's still still never seen it. Morgan Earp. Morgan Earp, yeah. 2002, Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams, somehow 74 on Rotten Tomatoes. Better than Game Over. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Uh, 2017, uh, there's a movie that came out this year called Mean Dream that he's in. Huh. Uh, that's got a 77. Huh. So, worth checking out. 1997, Traveler, which I'm not familiar with. Uh, now we're getting into to the uh, certified fresh movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Uh, 2012, Haywire, which oh, I saw. Oh, Gina Carano? Yeah. It's the MMA Steven Soderbergh movie, right? Yeah, it's a very entertaining movie. I want to see that. I like Soderbergh. Like that was so weird. weird name you said. Huh? <laughs> Gina McGuire, Steven, Steven Soderbergh. What <laughs> <laughs> name? Also, they have they have TV series ranked so eighty five score for Big Love, which is a oh yeah, I bet a lot of people like that. One of my friends from that favorite TV yeah. shows ever. Allison yeah. loved it too. Yeah. Nineteen eighty one, he's uh, he's in Stripes. Oh, weird, actually. Hmm. Awesome. I can't remember oh, him in Stripes. I don't either. I don't know. Eighty one, you said? Yeah. He might have been. Does it say if he was credited or uncredited? It's one of his. It, it's. I mean, it's obviously a very early role. He's, yeah. He's. Uh, he has a. His, he's got a name, I think, in it. Okay. Mm. I love Stripes. 1975, his first movie, 
he ever appeared in was called Crazy Mama, and it has an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes. So I kind of want to check that out. But that's like three reviews. Yeah, yeah possibly. Well, Nin- not from <laughs> Baby Baby Bill. <laughs> Nin- 1988 Near Dark. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, vampire movie by uh, Catherine Bigelow. Nice. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Yeah, before oh. she did... Um, yeah, I want to see that. Wait, before Point Break, before... Uh, nice. I've always wanted to see it. That he's pre- He's supposed to be very charismatic and... One of his big uh, roles that kind of launched him. Well, yeah, it has the exact same uh, score as his only Best Picture winning film, Titanic. Titani. Yeah. Mm. Which, I don't know, I like his parts in Titanic. They're fun. I, don't know, I couldn't remember who he was. Y'all seen, where they've, have y'all seen the alternate ending of Titanic? <laughs> I'm serious. I just thought, like, they missed uh, the iceberg. I, I read about it. <laughs> no, I mean, I watched the YouTube video the other day. Not on the... But the story that has Bill Paxton in it. I'm sure, guys. The, the book ends. No, I, I've never the, seen that. Did they manage to... Did they take turns on the door? <laughs> Come on, joke, And you still thought it was a joke. And then you still thought it was a joke. <laughs> Brendan rolled his eyes like six times. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the... They, they confront Gloria Stewart on the boat. Like, why did you throw it on the... I think I've seen she's that. She's, like, dangling it over the edge. And he's like, let me hold it just once. And he, like, puts it in her hand and then she throws it over I thought he was going to hold it and throw her over. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was really weird. Like, uh, good call, Cameron, to not include this weird, like, five yeah. minute conversation between Paxton bitching out Gloria Stewart for throwing a diamond over the boat. Alright, it's 90 plus movies. 1998, Simple Plan, which we already talked about. Uh, I nice. need to see that. I think that's, is that Sam Raimi? I'm not is sure. It? It's yeah, someone it, like it that. It is. It is. I read the book, so I, I, mean, I, think I really need to want to watch it. From <laughs> yeah. 2014. Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat. Love that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I don't really remember him that much from it, though, to be honest. I love that movie, but I don't think he's, he's even in it. He's not in it much once they start yeah. doing all the repeating. True. He's in a, he's a, I think, a villainous character in this TV show, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He uh, is. For, like, the first season, maybe? First season. He's like yeah. a, I mean, a guy can spoil it, right? A S.H.I.E.L.D. agent going bad, maybe? Yeah, he's a yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who works for Hydra. Yeah. yeah. So his top five movies... 2014 Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. Hey, no, he's and he's the... Uh, producer? Is he a producer or is he a rival camera guy? I thought he was a rival. He was he's the a rival, rival like, a uh, person trying to get a scoop. Yeah. That's neat. Mm-hmm. I need to see uh, that still. Yeah, we started it, it and it was like a... Ones, yeah. It started real, like, dark and we were, like, doing laundry or something and Kai was like, we need to watch this later and we just never got back around yeah, to it's it. It's extremely well done and it's, just, it's I good. don't want to watch it much more. Well, uh, it's your homework. Yeah. Thanks, TJ. <laughs> 1995, Apollo 13. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah. an movie. It's good. Uh, this really piqued my interest because I've never heard of this movie. From 1992, One False Move. Oh. Well, that's a chess movie. No, I'm, just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm trying to guess the plots of these just from the title. And then the top two we've already talked about, 1986, Aliens, and the number one movie, the only one with a perfect 100 score, 1984, The Terminator. Nice. <laughs> It's got 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's a bit high. It's not, it's not flawless. Well, it's not what Rotten Tomatoes does. I, I know. So, well, then why say that? I mean, Rotten, Tomato, well, Rotten Tomatoes because is the only bar you're having. All review scores have the flaw, it. and then it doesn't matter how they're calculated. It's what gets presented. Okay. Right. So, yeah, Bill, Bill Paxton had a very, very good career. That was, it was, yeah, he yeah. Was sad. He was young. He was like 61 years old. Yeah. yeah. He said his first movie was 75. That's, I think that's the earliest one I ran across, yeah. Hmm. Cool. I was looking at one false four movie. years of movies. Mm-hmm. Weird. Interesting. He'll be missed. Billy Bob Thornton is also in one false move. Is homework on me this week? Yeah. It's on you. It was going to be on you last week, but you were off uh, fighting the good fight. 
Yeah. And we were back here chilling Over on the horse. <laughs> um, I was going to pick Dogville if I could find it. The Lord's Frontier movie. So much. But <laughs> Don't you trip me, boy. I couldn't find it. Um, so it's going to be another happy one, I think. Um, it's a documentary, though. We'll do a documentary. Ah, good. 2014. It's a documentary on Carol Spinney, who was the first puppeteer for Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Oh, cool. But it's called I Am Big Bird, streaming on Amazon. It's got good reviews for most places. Nice. In the 80s. Have you seen it? I'm not. Awesome. I want to. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We'll do that. Fine. It, it lacks the uh, moral complexity of the Elmo documentary, being Elmo. <laughs> yeah, which came out before the guy got like arrested or charged or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is an old, old guy. What? Brent just laughed and seemed very inappropriate time for him to giggle. I know Brent's thinking of a joke right now. Nope. <laughs> nothing funny. Just, just nothing funny about Elmo doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now you're laughing. <laughs> Let me know. You're not with me, Brent. Um, so yeah, I am Big Bird. The, the story I, of that guy is um, on Amazon. For next week. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Yeah. But anyway, thanks everybody for being here. I will say thanks to Chris. Thanks. Thanks, TJ. Uh-huh. Thanks to Brent. <laughs> Hello. And uh, I want to say a special thanks to the Willow Walkers for providing the intro for this podcast. Uh, we've been really enjoying it and hope you guys are too. So, as always, please connect with us on Twitter at The Media By Us. Email us via themediabyus at gmail.com or our Facebook groups. Movies by us, TV by us, and games by us. We would love to hear from you for any podcast topics, especially nowadays. Uh, we're we're straining. <laughs> Just kidding. We're having a lot of fun, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app, and uh, please give us a five-star rating, especially if we don't deserve it. We just like it. <laughs> and it also helps us keep doing this every week. So I want to say thanks to everybody, and thanks to Bill Paxton. Yeah. That, that sounded crass, but... Seriously, thanks yeah, for no, Paxton. He's pretty sure. awesome. Yeah. Anyway, this was uh, Talk Talk, the Media Bias podcast. Signing off. Bye. See you later. What are you going to do about crazy people? Skadoosh. Skadoosh.